0: Great. But here's what he did. Ram it. Do you know how to ram it? Oh, please just ram it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to ram it? Yes, of course we will. We don't even have to think about it. Like, so let's ram it today. Ram it. Yes. We are yes. gonna, gonna do. ram it. Just. Yeah, he, that's where he just... I like it. I'm Ram not going to remember any of it. That's, <laughs> it. that's the way to go. I'll the Rams today and... Ram it! Now he's like on his feet. Ram How are you guys? Who's house? Where? Wow. Ram it. what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers the pod i'm your host dean and i'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show nick and nick was at the game last night nick it was a thrilling victory rams are back in the win column baker mayfield (laughs) the jersey in the background i love it how are you got a lot of compliments on that jersey last night how could Um, you not people were like mayfield um yeah, it was it it was electric in there. The Raiders fans definitely brought the energy. At one point, I'm texting you and Dad, and this is an an exaggeration, but not that far off of an exaggeration. I'm like, yeah, it's like nine to one in here, like nine Raiders fans for every single Rams fan. Um, but Rams, Raiders fans are cool. Um, they're okay in my book. You know, I. I was having a lot of fun. The tailgate was great. Shout out to uh, Rams World Order. They always uh, lock it down over there. Um, But, yeah, it was – oh, boy. At no point did I think we were winning that game. At zero zero point, like up until the last second, even when they were driving. Well, you know, it was interesting. The first Baker Mayfield series was actually really intriguing. Right? Oh, my and God. Wait, hold on. The first half, he had, what, completions of 21, 22, and 23 yards just in the first half, although they only had three points on the board. Great. Yeah, but still, like, he's in there. Wolford starts, right? He is in the first the first drive. They go three and out. Cam Akers rips a nice nine-yard run, and they can't do anything to gain another yard. And then immediately McVeigh is like, I'm not doing this again, and just pulls him. I can't believe he was in there at all. But I may have been the loudest booer when uh, under setter number 13, John Wolford. And I was like, no, why? Oh, also, Dean. <laughs> cheers. It is a... cheers uh... to no longer having to watch John Wolford as our quarterback. It was supposed to be a, a Monday Funday, but because the game was on a Thursday, it's a Friday Funday. It's Friday night, so we're enjoying. Cheers, cheers. The drink responsibly. Yeah, drink responsibly. I like to drink Rolling Rock, the official sponsor of Knicks Picks. Not really. I'm drinking a Madonna. You ever mm. seen? The? You'll actually really like this when you come home. It's a it's a Vermont Double IPA. Every year, Dean- I'm, I'm getting unanimously judged all throughout the airwaves for this this choice of beer on, the, on this episode. Well, so am I with Rolling Rock. But I think Rolling Rock has more of a following, even if it is a cheaper following. Um yeah, whatever. I just think it's really funny. Every time I come home, Dean has a new and exciting beer that he wants to show me. <laughs> and it's always like that beer that like, like stings the back of your tongue and you're like, oh yeah, I I guess I'm gonna have to drink this whole thing because I opened it. You know why I like it? It's a good eight and a half percent, which was uh what you have one average distance of target. Yes. You have one beer over the course of an hour and then you fall asleep. Is that why you like it? Honestly, that's kind of where my life is heading. (laughs) I'm gonna be honest. It's either that or a glass of wine. But last night I I couldn't I last night I was up until one thirty in the morning. Oh, it was just so, oh my God. And I came so close to leaving. Um, They're driving down. And as Dean knows, as Dean knows, I had a little wager on Cam Akers anytime touchdown score. So they're driving and I'm just like, well, you know, if Cam Akers scores, you know, they called that timeout right before he scored. And I was like, well, that's not a timeout you call if you actually want to win the game because you're going to need both. But they call it, and he gets in the end zone. And I'm like, that's great. Helps my fantasy. Bet is made. Like, they're not going to be able to get a stop. And, like, my friends left because one of them got lost. So I'm just standing there at standing room watching the game by myself, surrounded by Raiders fans who maybe it, maybe it's the standing room seats that brings it out, but there were just some idiots that were standing well, around I mean, me. You're almost in, like, um. what's the terminology when Mosh you're at pit. a concert? Mosh pit. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it feels like the standing because that's what I did for the Super Bowl. Yeah, was in a standing room section in the 400 level and it was insane. We actually moved down to the 300 level, which was a little bit more contained, but still pretty insane. Yeah, and I look throughout the whole game, you know, they think they have it under control every single flag like us Rams fans are celebrating flags because it seemed like that was the only way we were going to get downfield. Yeah. And they were always against us when it seemed clear and obvious. And then when it was on us, or like it was for us, they picked them up. I've never seen anybody pick up a roughing the kicker. Flag. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. We got or, shoved. He, yeah. It was a very, very obvious roughing the kicker, or roughing the punter, rather. But yeah, it seemed like it was very favored in in favor of the, of the Raiders. But yeah, but I mean, then the Rams, was, you know. it was So the Raiders were actually penalized the same amount of time. So it was seven to seven in terms of penalties. There were 154 penalty yards in this game. So I can't imagine what that felt like as a fan, a lot of stoppages and a lot of confusion. And you're trying to figure out, whoa, what's the call? What's the call on the field? Are they going to chant? Like there's a lot of moving pieces in those scenarios. And it it's actually kind of, I think dilutes the actual product on the field. Like when you keep, and if there's, if there's holding and, you know, on special teams, there's penalties and everything like that. Jacob Harris got called for one where he got shoved. Uh, his back got shoved into the receiver. And then there were like five or six refs kind of congregating. And then there was another flag on the playwright. So I think that the uncertainty and just the, the referees in this league are just, there was you know, a lot to of downtime while yeah. watching the game. There's a lot of out. like yeah. waiting around. There were a lot of flags. Um, and i'm i'm going to be completely honest with you we didn't even do an episode like leading up to this i wrote this off as a loss you know the raiders get the ball they drive down they score i'm mentally prepared i'm like i'm just watching for this akers touchdown like i'm just hoping we can see something in baker and it's fun you know what i mean and like a lot of the game they're like staggering baker's actually looking great but then mm-hmm. like they start with Wolford. so That even made me more checked out. And then they put Baker, and he's actually doing a good job on his first couple snaps. You know, he's getting the ball. People around me are like, "He's not going to throw another pass uh, above uh, twenty yards." And I yeah. was like, "I bet he does it this drive because that's all." You know, they, it was so obvious. It was like, "He's here. He's going to sling." Let's let's have some fun. Like Wolford can't do this. Like we brought this kid in because he, you know, he has an arm talent. The difference in talent is outrageous. I mean, the second he steps onto the field, you could see within his first throw that he's three times as talented as John Wolford and Bryce Perkins combined. Yeah, at least that, with that the arm. so frustrating about the last four or five weeks is, and you know what, we had these conversations in the preseason where you're almost forced to go back and forth between Bryce Perkins and John Wolford, and now it seems like that conversation can kind of be put to bed because you know that both of those players are not necessarily quality backup quarterbacks in this league. So that, to me, makes me feel a little bit better about the entire situation holistically. But the Baker Mayfield situation is so fascinating. The fact that they got him on the plane, right? they were having conversations between Kevin Carberry and Liam Cohn and Sean McVay, and it goes all the way back to when McVay was looking at him in the draft combine and when he won a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma, and they were talking about Lincoln Riley. So there's so many different parallels, like crossing streams that Um, I think it's so interesting between the two fireballs that are Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield. I saw a comment on Reddit that was pretty spot on. It was something along the lines of, I can just imagine these two staying up till 4am ripping lines and playing Madden and talking about, (laughs) yeah, talking about like different offensive schemes. And then somebody responded, Oh my God, it's a match made in hell. And I was like that, like if you take the adulthood out of Sean McVay and you add athleticism, I think you're kind of left with a Baker Mayfield type because they both are like, go, go, go. Like the intensity in my eyes is absolutely here. Baker's just a little more childish and more of like, you know, like a, like a high school quarterback kind of guy. That's like an asshole. You know what? And I think people where they felt like they initially differed was preparation. Right, because McVay is like, I got to be up at 4 a.m. I got to be in the building by 5. I got to do this, got to do that. Baker Mayfield always kind of fell by the wayside where he was not, people thought he was unprepared in Carolina. Right towards the end of his career in, in Cleveland, people were writing him off because it didn't seem like he was committed to whatever they were to the, the philosophy with the coaching staff and just the, the cities and the players that were on the Browns in, the, in Carolina at the time. It didn't ever seem like it was a good fit. And now, Nick, you're saying it's like you could see them together in any moment in any situation and you could almost Sean McVay's that good like you could almost see him winning 10 games next year with Baker Mayfield if God forbid anything goes wrong with Stafford which we heard today it doesn't seem like anything is going to go wrong he's going to have an a healthy offseason he's not going to need neck surgery still a lot of TBDs but that's what they're saying yeah Jordan reported today that okay he doesn't what's what Sean McVay is saying Jordan's reporting that Sean McVay said that He's, he's, he's going to come that. back next year. Yeah, he's going to have a healthy offseason. Yes. Yeah, you know, we'll see about that. I still think the ultimate decision is going to end up on Matthew and his wife. Yeah. Um, because you know, like reassessing the offseason and seeing the situation of the team, I'm sure has a lot to do with it. Because I feel like he's not going to come come back to play for essentially like a Lions O line again no. to get to get injured. Um, so. That's good news as of right now. We'll see where it progresses later. I I'm really focused. I mean like I was I I was all Baker, you know. I wore the jersey. I was getting call outs. It was electric at SoFi. Um like, you know, on both sides of the ball. But another thing that should be noted and I don't think anybody is talking about this. They had to have been in silent count because third down, they it's loud for the Raiders, you know, like they're those are the fans that are making it hard for the Rams, which is just so unfathomable how you win a Super Bowl and yet the the people still don't show up. I mean, like, how many do you need, really? Um, and then hopefully, like, this is about you know making the culture so that when those kids are adults, yeah, you know, then they bring their kids. Something I saw a lot of last night, and I I, I made a mental note of this. I saw a lot of Raiders dads. With Ram's kids. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And which is crazy to us because we, our fandom comes entirely from our dad. Um, like I couldn't fathom. Yeah. But our dad's fandom comes from the entirely opposite concept of yeah. my dad likes this team. I'm going to like the other team. Yeah. It, right. 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 So, but I, I just thought that was a good, like generational photo Absolutely. to have. Like, you know, the kid's like, well, you're a Raiders fan, but they suck. And the Rams are, are literally here and they just won a Super Bowl. So why would I not be a fan of them? So well, uh, Yeah, it's, and the, if the family grows up in, in L.A. County, right, it's going to make sense for them to go to that stadium versus yeah. going all the way to Vegas. And Vegas is a plane ride away from Los Angeles. Yeah, shout out on. to Raiders fans because the, the more I talk to, the more seem seemed like they were from Oakland too. So they stuck with their team, which is something St. Louis Rams fans could learn from. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess you move from Oakland or you go from LA to Oakland and then you go from Oakland to Las Vegas. I guess it seems like Raiders fans have been have been through it all and have been, uh, yeah. they've been stuck with the team for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, but the whole Baker Mayfield thing, yeah. the, I mean, how do you, their, their praise around the league was fascinating and it seemed like, um, I'm Even gonna, Richard Sherman's giving them some positives. I know. I was going to say I'm going to kind of go off on a sidebar for a second because you sure. you didn't get to see this, and I I tried my hardest to get the clip. I tried to walk watch through the entire broadcast and find where they created this. It was like the worst of the worst movie sequels, and it was it was Jaws two. You know, it was the God, It was uh, Goodfellas three. It was Back to the Future. You know all. Godfather three. What did I say? Goodfellas three. Yeah. Um, all of the worst sequels in movie history. And so, so they're the just pulling of- right from. They're just pulling right from the podcast at this point because <laughs> I we literally talked about that like one or two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, but it seemed like everything switched right after that moment. They showed this clip of like, oh, this is the this team, you know, they were once a, an amazing Hollywood story and made a ton of money and have this new stadium. And now all of a sudden this is the worst of the worst Hollywood sequels. Sequels are three and nine. They can't get a win. Like it's just, it's a weird situation. And then all of a sudden Baker Mayfield, out Well, Van Jefferson, Ben Skaronic seemed to be able to click the offense in place. And it was just fascinating to watch because the support Around the entire league, you mentioned it was Richard Sherman, but it wasn't just Richard Sherman. And he's one of the hardest ones to get a stamp of approval on just because he's an ass. Um, But then there's Andrew Whitworth, very smart guy, but he's tough. Andrew Whitworth, um, I just saw support from current players, from previous players, from coaches you know, from media members, like everybody was amazed over the fact that he could understand 20, 25 plays of Sean McVay's offense. And Sean McVay also, they were equally impressed. The fact that Sean McVay could put Baker Mayfield in possession, in positions to be successful in a game at home against the Raiders on 48 hours turnaround time. So it was just really fascinating. I mean, it seemed like the league couldn't get enough of it this morning. Like there wasn't enough media coverage on it. It was on every single channel. It was like this Los Angeles miracle, which I, know. I felt like after six really tough weeks, we all needed a little bit of. It was the dramatic ending. It was the redemption story of Baker Mayfield, a uh, uh, Sean McVay of all these guys on the offense and defense without Aaron Donald, you know, Jalen Ramsey, by the way, out there still getting cooked. Well, Not a good look. He didn't. So on both of the Devonte Adams plays, he didn't get cooked on either. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he, he had causes the, the like he causes the 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 flag, and Devonte still makes the catch. Yeah. So I know. Well, I'm just saying he's he's done a better job of seizing the gap, as Dennis from Always Sunny likes to say. You, you have to be able to seize the gap, and yeah. that's what I feel like Jalen Ramsey has the ability to do. He could. If he makes a mistake early on, he could at least make up for it with his speed and his, you know, and his agility and everything else that he's got in his, you know. He's he's got available. It's it's yeah. just. I mean, look at the second half. The defense was was really good in the second half. I thought they were good throughout this entire game, but the game was like two very opposite sides of the spectrum. It was the Raiders went up ten nothing. Which, what felt like happened in five minutes in the first quarter. And then the Rams came out and scored what, 13 points in the fourth quarter, 10 points in the fourth quarter to win the game? So the defense. Yeah, the defense in the second half, 67 yards, two first downs in the entire second half, 67 yards. Devontae Adams did not have a catch on three targets. Derek Carr went two for seven for, (laughs) for 11 yards. Well, if you've watched Raider games like me, unfortunately, you see that the way that they play second halves it's safe it's it's so safe it's run the ball run the clock short pass oh you don't get it in three downs fourth and one doesn't matter we're punting yeah and it was so emblematic of rams versus tampa where it's like you're letting them hang around you are letting them hang around and when you let a competent team hang around It's going to bite you in the ass, and that's exactly what happened. You know when we have those moments where we're watching games and we're like, oh, this feels like a lose, a loss. Like this feels like we're going to lose. This is not a good situation. We've been in these situations before. You could just kind of feel it in your gut. For the Raiders yesterday, when (laughs) I saw Matt Collins do the gritty, like on the one-yard line when he downed the punt, and then I saw the punter go like this. Yeah, was was he smelling his ass like a finger, like a monkey? I don't know what the hell that is. He's doing the throw. I have no clue. It's just disgusting. All the, (laughs) it was the combination of it. You know, when you, you have those like memeable moments, you can see players just on the sideline. Like they're celebrating 16 to three and you're celebrating a punt down on the two yard line or 16 to 10 rather, right after the Rams had just scored a touchdown and they went three and out. So they're celebrating the punt. And in my stomach, I was thinking to myself, this feels like a Raiders loss. Like you could tell that the momentum had completely shifted to the offense. You know, we got those two huge penalties in the final drive that extended right. the series. Right. And and it, really what that does is when you're taking shots, first of all, you have to be able to be a little bit of a risk taker and a gambler. And that's a, exactly what Baker Mayfield is. Yeah, like he, he's a, he's a gunslinger. He'll take the shots. He'll take the risks. And what do you know? Watch even earlier in the game. Tutu Atwell, 65 yards down the middle of the field. Tutu Atwell does a great job of drawing the pass interference by just kind of falling into the defender. But neither Perkins or John Wolford even have the arm to be able to make that. Yeah, no, that's an uncatchable ball from either of them. Totally. And well, like it looked like it was actually a ball from Baker, too, but I don't think it was. And- I think Tutu can get there if he doesn't fall for sure. I think he leads him into the end zone with that. Maybe that's a little, you know, maybe I'm just on a little Baker high, but still. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. But I think there's a reason to be. Tutu Atwell looked as good as he's ever looked in his career. Ben yeah, well, I Credit where credit is due. Cam Akers ran a hell of a game um, minus that one fumble that kind of took the momentum out. But that's going to happen. And then Sean McVay trusted him and kept him in there on the goal line on that fourth and one play where they get the one yard. And then they just run it in immediately. The next play with with, with right back to Cam. Um, I like. I really, really think he is a good running back. I like the best day Cam Akers is going to give you a competent back. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, regard, like yeah, he missed a hole here and there, but he showed up when he had to, and I was impressed. I'll tell you what he's in impressed. person too. When, when you're picking up nine or eight on the first down, you know that set of drives is like getting to that first down is no longer on you at that point. That's true. No, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, the thing about Cam Akers right now is he's he's the most competent back on the roster. Yeah. Like Kyron Williams, they gave him the ball three times for 19 yards. So it, you're only going to give this guy three carries. and You're talking about integrating him into the offense. If you're trusting in Cam Akers and you feel like you can give him the ball down the stretch – Sean McVay is going to continue to do that. Malcolm Brown had one carry, two to All-Wall, two carries for negative five yards, right? So that was really kind of all they trusted. Brandon Powell, by the way, had no carries and one target for no catches. So there goes utilizing him in the offense. But I think otherwise, the amount of tools that you had at your disposal in this game, I feel like they did a really good job of just kind of getting to the second level with some of those longer developing routes. Like that Van Jefferson play where he just kind of sat in that, that zone void, You know, he just kind of, just really just kind of ran a little bit of a curl, you know, found the vacancy, just kind of sat there, waited for Baker Mayfield to make the throw. You got to kind of get it over a linebacker, but he did a really good job of doing that consistently. And that was one of like the five or six plays that I felt like Sean McVay really kind of ingrained into his head. And then he was like, thank God that we talked about the two minute offense. (laughs) Otherwise, we yeah. totally would have been screwed. But, I mean, that's really kind of covering all bases. It's really good coaching, and it's getting players prepared in such a short period of time. I mean, it's as much of a credit to Baker Mayfield as it is to Sean McVay. And and your boy, Ben Skoranek, comes up with a clutch catch over the defender. I so mean, like... I'm just sitting there laughing when that happens. Like, I'm not even, like, standing up like, yeah! Like, because... I mean, I, I looked at the Instagram video that we posted back in August, and it starts with, cut the hate on Ben Skrannik. Like, I'm yeah. going crazy. And now you're seeing why. That was a tiff. That was a tiff between you and I, because I was like, oh, get this kid off the field. And now he's playing, like, every single offense. Yeah, you player. were like, I don't hate him. I was like, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking <laughs> to everybody that is is ripping on the kid that is going to be a good player for us one day. Mm-hmm. And he was – I mean, he was excellent yesterday. I'm sure you could see in person, you know, the kind of separation that he gets. Dude, just, that like, catch – oh, my God. I saw one. a whole stadium of people just, like, like, be defeated with that one catch. And then they're all celebrating on the punt, too, with, with him. And I'm just like – Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, come on. It's a punt. You got to get the uh, – we got to talk to the announcer or whoever does, like, the um, – you know the sound in the stadium or the broadcast like i don't know if people are al michael's was complaining about the whose house and he was? like yeah and it seems like um cuz you can't hear it like when you're broadcasting and you're doing color or you're you know you're doing play by play whose house is like echoing through your ears al michael's is like i can't hear anything so yeah they don't also like raiders also starts with an r so i i we heard it yeah. You can't like it. Just sounds like Rah! you know. <laughs> exactly right. It's, what like, it's sounds like for the TV too. It wasn't. I don't know the the whose house might have to go. It's kind of lame. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like when Ben Scronic makes sketch, we got to go. You know, we got to go school, or you got to bring some cool stuff. Well, in. Cup Cup has the yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to kind of get creative with that stuff. I don't know. If, I don't know if Ben Scronic deserves his own chance, but. <laughs> uh, You know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Give me a break, all Ben Skronic. Oh, God, what a player. Uh, In this episode, if you tweet me directly and say, Dean, you are so right about Ben Skronic, and your hair looks very good in this episode too, you may get a free Ben Skronic jersey. no. You're not giving out a. – you're not – no. Maybe you – buy him a Rams Brothers t-shirt. Make it realistic because I know he's not going to pay for somebody's Ben's garage jersey. No. I don't know if they sell them. Here's my thing. For, they do have them. I looked at them this morning. Oh, my God. What, what you need to do – I know what I'm is, getting you for Christmas. What I really want to do for Christmas, Nick, and I think that this is a good idea. I want to give away a jersey, and I want parents to submit for it, and I want them to give it to their kid. Like I, I wanted, like I want to give away a kids jersey as a Christmas present. Dean's like, Florida. oh yeah, kids jersey. It'll be at least fifty dollars cheaper. <laughs> no, my thought was I want to be able to, uh, you know, be a part of the a you know, the Ben Skaronic fan club. I want to be a facilitator, right? Oh. you get it. You get a young kid in a Ben Scrannic jersey, age seven, and you never know what could happen in life. Not only is Dean doing a giveaway, but it's a guaranteed Ben Scrannic jersey. <laughs> like it's not Donald. Stafford, no, no, you can't have any of them. Uh, you rest on good laurels. You, you go up and get the rock. You get the Ben Skorodek jersey, and you sail off into the sunset as a Rams fan. Oh my God. Stick. Uh, yeah, go for it. You do whatever you want. <laughs> we need we need more subscribers, so this is a great time to like and subscribe and follow us on YouTube because that would be clutch. It sure was. If you haven't already, we would love if you guys could subscribe and uh, we're going to be giving away some, hopefully, you know, maybe a a kid's jersey. We're going to be giving away maybe a t-shirt, something for Christmas time uh, to incentivize the subscribers. But, you know, advancements are coming as well. I I got something cooking. Professional editing. You know, none of that stuff's coming, but we'll tell you it is. I got something cooking. Yeah, you do? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Nick's Picks has another theme song in this episode too. So, uh, that's already something cooking. My uh, long fans else? of next picks. The only other thing I wanted to mention too about the defense, because I didn't feel like we spent enough time just talking about them before we transitioned into next picks. Uh, the defensive line. I'm not sure if you caught this when you were at the game, but the rotation of the players that were up front. I thought was really interesting, right? You look at the snap counts, you see a player like Michael Ho- or Hoyt rather get exposed a little bit early on. Then you see Keir Thomas and Daniel Hardy rotate into that position. You know, you're seeing guys like Jonah Williams, Marquise Copeland, who has a high ankle sprain, unfortunately, but, you know, you're seeing Greg, G- Greg Gaines look like, you know, kind of a, he's his own version of Aaron Donald. You know, I don't want to go crazy, but Greg Gaines played a, a hell of a game yesterday. And he yeah. absolutely deserves a shout out. His technique has improved year over year. His fundamentals are fantastic. He's in the backfield, he's penetrating, he can make stops, he could clog gaps. Like he's just a he's a sound player. And like we talked about in a couple of, of episodes before, when you're surrounded by Von Miller and Aaron Donald, you know, obviously you're you're gonna get some isolation, you're gonna be able to make some plays. And that was his goal. But now that situation has no longer presented itself, and it seems like he's still at the level, if not higher that he was last year. Um, so I'm impressed by him. I, I think um, I, I want to bring him back, hopefully on a team-friendly deal, but he may get offered some money elsewhere. No, he I, that was the best Greg Gaines game I've ever seen. And it probably had something to do with the fact that Donald wasn't playing, but he was able to step up. And I also think that is Raheem Morris's best game of the year right now. Oh, for sure. Like easily. You're stopping the second-best running back in the league right now. Um, like all throughout the second half. You get a red zone interception to end the second, which was giant to keep mm-hmm. the score like a 10-point game. Um, and, you know, just overall, you're down a lot of guys and you're still putting together, like the second half was like a master class. They bend and they didn't broke, whatever, doesn't matter. They did a great job containing a Raiders team who usually consistently puts up like 20 to like, you know, 30 points. They showed it in the broadcast. I think Derek, they showed a really strange record. And one of you guys will have to correct me on this, but it was was Derek Carr's record when the Raiders' defense allows more than 27 points. And it has happened so many times. I can't remember the exact stat, but, you know, it's bizarre the fact that that defense gives up so many points or they're just giving away leads late in games also. It's, yeah, it's really tough to watch. And I think as much of a masterclass that it was by Raheem Morris. It was equally the dumbest game I've ever seen coached by Josh McDaniels. And you know what? For a second there, before Al Michaels brought it back up, I forgot that he was in St. Louis as our offensive coordinator because I despised him when he was there too. And I hated him as the head coach of the Broncos and wherever else he went. Wherever else that he went, he's been terrible everywhere outside of the Patriots. And that was probably, I mean, a game played against the Rams usually isn't poorly coached. That game was specifically. I remember this game and the Urban Meyer game last year were the two worst coached games I've seen in probably the last ten years of watching. I think football. maybe this is, this might be my first Josh McDaniels memory. Um, I think it was Broncos Patriots, and yeah, probably his first game against the Patriots. And Broncos won, and he's doing like the like yes like like they won like they won the super bowl essentially and he's like freaking out and then it comes out that he was cheating those first 7 games right and exactly like studying film and they they fell off they they were 6-1 yeah. and, and then they lost their next 6 or something like that yeah yeah like, Brandon Marshall was on that team I, I, I don't know how that. you get another job after that truly I, totally agree how like who respects the game to give this man another job like the the Raiders are run like cuz there's a lot of talent on that team Derek Carr, top fifteen, maybe top twenty. Mm. Uh, Devonte Adams, one, unanimously um, one. Josh Jacobs playing like two, you like won won a rushing. Yeah, um, Khalil Mack, and you are a pitiful excuse for a team, and you have fans. Like Raiders home games are probably electric, and they're in a new city, and. You're laying an egg, and you get Josh McDaniels, this guy who is nothing without Bill Belichick. So, the worst hire I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I would have fired him immediately after that game. While I'm sitting next to Ice Cube, because that's what Mark Davis was doing, sitting right yeah. up there in the booth, right next to Ice Cube. Ice I Cube. There. Yeah. Ice. It's a shame. Well, Man. I mean, it's it depends on how you look at it. I don't know if it's a shame. But Gruden actually had some some good good looks on that Raiders team, and they well, kind of looked built, like they were him, all and kind Ma- of fun. him and Maylock built a decent team. And it was was it um, I'm trying to remember the name of the coach? Was it Basilica? Oh, it the the, the head coach, the special teams. Oh, guy. he was great. I think it was Basilica. Yeah, or that was something. Brought like him that. to the, the playoffs last year. Yeah, I mean they went. It was on like a list. play away, a play away from continuing. And I thought that they were kind of on that same trajectory this year. But that game showed me that Josh McDaniel can't get them. Where they no, you. I mean, he, sh- he should be fired immediately. I, oh, I don't like, know yeah. I, I would. Like I said, I would have done it last night. It was the. It might have been one of their worst losses ever. Yeah. Although they've they've blown games. So this stat I thought was so interesting. I think it was by Sarah Bishop. It was according to Elias Sports Bureau. The Rams' 98-yard touchdown drive was the longest go-ahead touchdown drive that began in the final two minutes over the last 45 seasons. Arguably the worst. Worst regular season loss in 45 years. I'm firing the shit out of the coach. That is, I, I cannot believe the Rams are on the right side of that. Not in this season, you no, know? I know. Like, oh my god! And by Baker Mayfield, nonetheless. Like, I, it's just, it was a magical game. It was a magical night filled with magic. Absolutely, and we'll leave it at that. Well, That's hold on, one more sense. thing before we do next picks. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Liam Cohen leaving for kentucky for the second time yeah i also read something that that's not finalized yet but i feel like it's trending in that direction well he's probably gonna finish the season out well yeah i guess yeah i guess he finishes the season out and then he's gone but i think it's an opportunity for him to at least pursue another opportunity before he inevitably knows he's gonna get canned yeah yeah i think yeah i think it's like mcveigh's like "Uh, there's no i'm not keeping you here like Which is weird because he was the McVeigh was the one that was recruiting him heavy. So Yeah, but I mean, could you imagine like having to go through five different guys each year? You know, you got you got one good guy out of the five or six eight year you interview every single year, and you have to just kind of like, you know, pick the perfect coordinator that's gonna go along with you all year long. It's I feel like that's not an easy thing to do. And he's had so much success with guys like Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor. Right, every and Kevin O'Connell and Brandon Staley, anybody that's really kind of been around him and is a is a coach now is a successful coach in the league. Right, Wade Phillips is going to go on to coach an XFL team. <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's that's the strange thing because now he's he's going back to college, which is kind of what we've been talking about all year. But it seems like anybody who even touches Sean McVay on the shoulder gets a promotion to another coaching job, and this guy. goes in the complete opposite direction goes to show how bad I mean you took a Super Bowl winning offense wasn't the number one offense in the league but a damn good offense that was the most clutch I've ever seen credit Mm -hmm. to Matthew Stafford really um and you make them like bottom three so your fingerprints are all over that and I know injuries 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 but there you know you can make as many excuses as you want but you know who makes excuses assholes losers 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 make excuses that's true and you know what the raiders did everything they possibly could to lose that game yesterday yeah they oh played my God. scared well it's yeah the, uh, the, the, the it just shows how bad they coached how bad of a team they are like coaching wise when you get a roughing the passer call in that situation to give them any life like after a sack like ugh. my situation where it just showed the the size of the of the gonads for um for for mcdaniels was the fourth and one situation where i think they were on the rams's 29 yard line and they just elected for a field goal it's like yeah let's go 36 yard field goals fourth and one we could take a shot we could stick the knife through their hearts and end them in their own stadium like there's a crosstown rivalry we definitely want to beat them with 90 percent of our fans here and uh yeah we're just gonna kick a field goal i i don't think it's a rivalry i think it's because like this is horrible, but so many people are, uh, Raiders Jersey on top Rams Jersey below, yeah. you know? So like, it's more of like a, like a kind of brotherly relationship and it's NFC and AFC. So, you know, it's not like a yeah. match with that scene. It's like us with the chargers. Really? The relationships are very similar. Right? Yeah. With yeah. Raiders, it's like, I don't uh, I, Like sometimes I think I have hate on the chargers and I'm like, what have they ever done? You no, know? No. No reason to hate on the chargers. No only the niners yeah that's it i'm ready for next picks when you are brother all right well speaking of gambling bet online is back basketball is back it has been for a while and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports bank needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports betting wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest always the easiest find your favorite sporting events whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. One more time, that's BLEAV, bet online, where the game starts. Nikki is the Baker Mayfield of ad reads. That's... Coming in clutch. Okay. Well, I, I still don't know if it's a compliment. I know right now in this moment it's a compliment. I mean, that's all of the... That's all I'm giving you is okay. a right now, right here compliment. Right here, right now. Let's go to Nick's Picks. You ready? I mean, so if I were to say that you were the Jared Goff of ad reads, you would have been like, oh. oh, oh. I would have been like, oh, my God. D.J. King D.J. Oh, I know. I know. All right. Let's go to Nick's Picks. Nick's like picks. To to well, well, well. Another week, another winner. Nick's Picks is just full of surprises. Got a brand new sponsor just for Nick's picks oh, nice. outside of Bet Online, just for Nick's picks. I'm going to read after we drop the theme song. And I mean, come on, with this hit rate we're going this year, I mean, why not just continue to go into greatness? We were three, one, and one, should have been four and one, but the flipping Giants, they tied, whatever. If you're a true gambler, like I know you are, like me, you know that a push is a win. Um, So let's get into the new theme songs for Nick's picks and go from there. I think it's coming on. (laughs) The beers are light. Ah, Let's smoke it up. (laughs) We bet tonight. Oh, on Jerry Goff. Nicky's having some wonderful Christmas wine. All your gifts were funded by my wonderful Nicky Picks. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, and you know you you're you're learning the layers, right? So now it's, <laughs> the last one you did had the background, and you chiming in, and this one is you know perfect. Palmer, it's is it? That's Paul. That's Paul. That's Paul. That's John. Wayne. John yeah. sings uh, the depressing Christmas songs. So these are Dean's locks. <laughs> Maybe I should do the song for next week. Thoughts? I would, I would love it if you did a guest song. Maybe I will. Yeah, you should. Maybe oh, that was a great theme. Uh, oh, hold on, Dean. Hold on. Getting a phone call here from the sponsor. Give me a second. Hello? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'm making a complete what of myself? <laughs> the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen? Okay. All right. Well, screw Spotify. I'm more of an Apple Music man anyway. No sponsor this week. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, Dean, please give your lock as I try to keep my composure. Uh, I'm going Eagles money line over the Giants. And I'm, is- I'm going to parlay that with a Boston Scott touchdown. Mm, okay. That's, you're going to get that at like plus 750, maybe even yeah. more. You throw yeah. 10, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. It's a lock. I promise. Go for okay. it. All right. Also, like Scott that. has half of his career touchdowns against the Giants. Okay, and that goes into my first pick: Eagles at New York. Eli Manning. This is sidebar. This so isn't even in the script. Eli Manning and Pete Davidson just released like a cute video on the official Giants um, YouTube where they just hang out and like answer questions. It was adorable, and I recommend everybody watch it. Okay. Um, look, I like the Eagles. I do, all right? I think they're a real threat in the Super Bowl capades. But don't count out scrappy Daniel Jones just yet. Don't you flippin' dare. Giants have one of these games a year. It's cold, windy, frigid Jersey weather, boring offense, and a close win over the Birds. One thing this year has taught us is the NFC East is really good. All of it. And, And they also know each other really well. Who have beaten the NFC East teams? Oh, that's right, other NFC East teams. I'm not saying the Giants walk away with a win here, but I think the money line is smart enough to sprinkle some small amount on because it's so high. What what have we learned this year? We love dogs. The Giants are a true team who have done us well, and Saquon, Saquon Barkley cannot be contained. 21-19, I'm predicting a Giants win but we're going to run with New York plus seven and a half. I like it. Okay. So here's my, I'm going to paint you a picture of my childhood. Okay. Giants are up 21. Your 19. childhood is my childhood, but go ahead. Of our child. I'm going to paint you a picture of our childhood for the listeners. So the. Wait, the hold Giants, on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Dun, 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 dun. Arthur? Would have never gotten the, the transition Arthur screen as a deep cut from you. But yeah, you know, I should have expected it. Um, 19, The Giants are beating the Eagles in New Meadowlands and the Old Meadowlands. It doesn't matter. Where's the game? By the way, it's in New York, right? Yeah. So New Meadowlands. Uh, the last time I feel like the score was twenty-one to nineteen, there were probably seventeen or eighteen seconds left on the clock, and uh, Giants punter, whether it's Jeff Feagles or it's whoever, to Brian Westbrook, to Brian Mitchell, to Deshaun Jackson. I think this game ends on a punt return. Ah, uh, history repeats itself with an Eagles punt return touchdown. Maybe it's the Giants this year. Oh, okay, maybe that would be nice. Yeah, I think a, some last-second heroics in that game. We'll call. It yeah, that. yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, it could be Marl Reese on the radio. Oh, I I cannot wait to get back home for um for Christmas and listen to him call a bird's yeah, too. Fantastic. Oh, touchdown, Eggles. Oh, you're pretty good at it, too. Meryl oh, right. Rice. Pretty good. Pretty good. All the L.A. Rams fans are going to love the Mel Reese references in this episode. Hey, we're just opening your minds. Yeah, to new experiences like we are. Of course, we are the Beatles. Browns at Bengals. Hey, Super Bowl loser, Joe Barrow. Yeah, it's me, Nick Vespi. Yes, the one of Nick's picks acclaim. Listen, pal, why don't you just go out there and and beat the flipping dog. My God, how many times do they have to teach you this lesson, young man? The dog pound ha- is 4-0 and o against you. Yep. Look, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. It won't happen. I don't care what you think of Zach Taylor, Burrow team, this magical team all of a sudden because they beat the Chiefs. But it's, an, it's not a team that can just walk over a strong bounds, the Browns defense. That's for sure. Plus, oh, yeah. It's not Jacoby anymore. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. Regardless of what you think of the man, he's a solid quarterback. Browns are winning this game. They just are. And I'm taking Browns plus five and a half because I very well could be wrong. And all this Burrow hate is bound to come back to me. But it's just take the points and consider ourselves smart hunks who follow trends. Joe Burrow going to be listening uh, to Cabaret during pregame warmups. I don't care. Not this time, Joe. Under forty-six and a half. Okay, let's see it make it happen already. Give me one correct over/under this year. Browns plus five and a half. Under forty-six and a half. I like it. I I I don't love it because I just met it, but I could fall in love with this pick. I know it's is that it's a rivalry. It's an in division rivalry, right? Yeah, I guess absolutely. Now it's Deshaun Watson and it's Joe Burr. And I would say that the whole world is probably rooting for Joe Burr. Except me. Um, Except you. Uh, right. I just don't think the Browns are capable of uh, of covering. I think the, the Bengals look like one of the top five teams in the league. Right. The but point. that's the thing. I don't think they deserve that. They had a really bad start. I mean, they're, they're getting hot right now. They are. They beat the Chiefs. This is they when always, you get hot. Yeah, this is when you want to get hot. But – the Raiders were also hot going into that game on like a four on the Rams a Raiders game. The one that we just talked about going like a four, three game win streak, something like that. And they needed that win to get into the playoffs and they lost. Um, I think all the money is going to be on the Bengals right now. It's currently 70 to 30. Yeah. I like it for that regard. Yeah. Uh, which is real. You know, like I don't like, sometimes you gotta be scared of the public. Sometimes you just you like the public will win. But in this case, I do like Browns plus five and a half, and I okay. think my, I'm not going to argue with that. It's one. my favorite bet of the week. I won't argue it. So moving on, Kansas City at Broncos at Denver. Broncos, the Where Broncos are trash. Yeah, Kansas City is filled with Hercules hunkylees men. After dropping a game to the Bengals, who they should have beat, now I get a dog. Patrick Mahomes, I got to listen to how great Joe Burrow is all over again, and it's killing me. Yeah, the kid's got talent, but he has nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes. I love the Chiefs. Yeah, Mahomes is better. I love the Chiefs in this spot. They just go to work on their own division. They're undefeated this year in division games, and they aim to keep it that way. Broncos are dealing with another heartbreaking loss, maybe their fifth of the season. And unlike the Rams, I don't see them turning it around, not against a Chiefs juggernaut. Um, Kansas City is minus nine, which sounds like a lot, but really, realistically, think about the final score of this game. Broncos have been like averaging like 11 points. So give me 11 to 31. Kansas City easily covers this one. Uh, They covered it up like a like a blanket. I have something else written here that I'm not going to say because I thought it was like funny. Like a earlier. lid on a pickle jar. Yeah, they cover it up like a lid on a pickle jar. Hello. Yeah, that's, that's a little Giants reference for those who. Oh, uh, wow. See, now you got me missing reference. He covers it up tighter than a lid on a pickle jar. Oh, God. Yeah, that's well done. You're welcome. So then run it back, New York plus seven and a half, Browns plus five and a half, under 46 and a half, Browns, Bengals, Kansas City minus nine. And my quick pick, I'm going with a Monday night game. I'm going to take Cardinals plus two. I don't like the Pats. Cardinals are not good either, but I'm going to bet against Matt Patricia as long as I can. I have to be honest. If I'm busy on Monday, I might not even turn that game on. Yeah, if I'm busy, it's not getting turned on. If I'm sitting I'm on my chair, I'm going to turn it on. For yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, if I get busy, I get preoccupied with something else. That game might not make it onto my TV. No, that's totally fair. I I, I don't care about either of those teams. I guess the I, the argument for the Pats would be they are fighting for a playoff spot. and if I'm going to watch the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no because the Patriots are fighting for a spot. I'm fascinated with Bill Belichick constantly, and I want to see what happens with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I, I, I just think that's a um, I'm throwing everything at you game with yeah. – the Cardinals, because Cliff is most likely coaching for his job, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the only reason why I lead Cardinals. Yeah, quick but but, you know, picks. after this game, and maybe he heads over to Los Angeles and helps out Sean. Would love that. Quick picks are not done with as much research. That's just like a gut feeling quick pick. For those who don't know, for those who may be new, <laughs> yes, to the pod. So that's true. You just pick. You know, that's just that one's a little more for fun. It's for is for fun. So it's for fun what's that from I feel like it's Wario no it's uh oh sometimes you wear stretchy pants it's for fun in your room yeah Nacho Libre so uh, you know what's weird uh, Nikki doesn't like the lines again Mm-mm. well that's a, tra- that's a trap I'm going to watch that game. I'm trap for you. <laughs> Group two second favorite teams. Um, Vikings are 105. I saw. I know. Like, why? be like, crazy. No, no. This is where you got to go all in on your Lions. That's why I'm disappointed in you right now. It's the first time they've been favored in 13 weeks. In what universe is this game not Vikings minus three? I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like the Vikings are so good. And yeah, I know kids, differential yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And Kirk cousins. Yeah. But and Nick, whatever. how many times do we have to hear you say, Oh, how about Jared against the Vikings? I didn't say it once this week. I literally didn't didn't even bring it up. I, I'm just saying all Rams fans all over the place, me included. It was like that Jared Goff game against the Vikings was one of the best games I've ever seen a quarterback play. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Goff's going against the Vikings again. It's, uh, you know. Well, he already lost to him once this year, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A game they should have won. It's just such a shame with that Lions team because it feels like they should they should have like seven wins right now. You got Skip Bayless out here saying that Jared Goff's playing better than Tom Brady. Jared Goff shouldn't be at the bottom of the PFF top 30 quarterbacks list. And he should be over this guy, over Heineke, over Daniel Jones, over all these guys. And he's not wrong. He's right. Right. And so, I've been saying that for years. Yeah, you have. And I said that John Wolford sucked. For years and yeah. people were saying that John Wolford should be a starting quarterback over Jared Goff and I said, you're crazy. I and really sometimes I think I just have to trust my gut which is why the picks this year have been killer. We think yeah. been like three, four winning weeks in a row. Come on. We love it. Make some money. Subscribe to Rams Brothers The Pod. Um, follow us on Twitter. We'll follow you back. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for spending a Friday night with us or Saturday or whatever. Saturday day it morning, I'll take whatever want. time you want to allow me in your life. Yeah, anytime. We uh, we welcome it. Appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you again soon. Go yeah. Ram. Back Get rid of whose house, maybe. Think about it. Maybe. But right now, it's our house. Peace.